Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Merry Christmas. Even Todd now approves to all of you. Thank you to uh, Aaron and Bella McIntyre for decorating the studio here during the Thanksgiving break. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He is the aforementioned Aaron McIntyre. Now, how's my voice sound? It's good. Does it sound okay? Okay, but it sounds good right now. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to try not to stress it too much. You know, yesterday I was a little concerned whether we were going to be able to do a show today or not with uh, a certain little sporting event that took place on Saturday. You know, you know, I handled it with complete class, dignity, and uh, adulthood, and restraint. I have no doubt. I'm, <laughs> so, uh, on purpose, I, I tried not to talk too much yesterday. Uh, we had a family day, and I've got uh, an oldest who's essentially me uh, if I was a chick and a teenage daughter. So... It wasn't required of me to do a lot of talking yesterday with those two around all day long. So hopefully the voice is rested enough to give you the normal dose of mediocrity you have waited the last five days to resume consuming. Now, there are, one of the stories that uh, I saw break over the weekend plays right into one of our partners on this program. Have you guys seen they are now warning about an amoxicillin Shortage. Have you seen this? Yeah, I had not yeah. actually. You know, it's only one of the universally renowned antibiotics of all time. We're heading into the heart of sick season, right in the winter time here in the West. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, in the country that you know produces the, the about seventy-five, eighty percent of the stockpile of said uh, antibiotic. You know, our good friends China. Uh, they're only in a nationwide civil unrest meltdown crackdown right now so what could possibly go wrong right everything e- everything and i'm and i am sure the people that denied you hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin during a pandemic i'm sure that they have a handle on this situation which brings us to our friends over at jace medical in the past couple of years if we have learned anything it is uh, can't trust it Make sure you are prepared with life-saving medications like amoxicillin. Uh, The Jace case is a pack of five different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat a long list of illnesses and ailments. Takes just a few minutes to get access to one of these, and the medication is dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Make sure you are prepared right now. There has never been a better time to go to Jace Medical than right now with this news. To what right now, that's why I'm starting the show off with it. This isn't a spot. It's a public service announcement. Make sure you have a stockpile of amoxicillin for this winter in case you need it. Ear infections, all kinds of infections that'll go around this time of year. Make sure you're ready. Go to jacemedical.com, J as in Jeff, or jump as in jump at this right now. Jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E. Jacemedical.com, use the code DACE10 for 10% off. DACE10 for 10% off when you go to jacemedical.com. All right, coming up on the show today, next hour, we are not going to do our normal Ask Me Anything. We're going to do something a little bit different. On Twitter over the weekend, and this is something I I could not have gotten away with without Elon Musk purchasing it, by the way. So tip of the cap to the world's richest man. 
On Twitter over the weekend, I solicited responses for our Twitter following at Steve Day Show about why you either didn't take the jab ever or you didn't take a booster. What is your story in one tweet? We had, last I checked out, I don't know the full number, but I know it was well over a thousand yeah. replies to this. Yeah. Um, and so once it hit a certain critical mass, I thought this would be a great assignment for Todd. <laughs> All right. And, but I also know that this is a subject very much in your wheelhouse. All right. So you wouldn't mind me necessarily dumping it on you late Saturday no. evening. Okay. So Todd, you have curated through that entire list. And I kind of wanted to get a sampling. Who are you people? Like I'll, I, I think all three of us will share our own stories as well next hour. So heads up on why we did not take it. Um, and, and then I, who are, who are, who are the dissidents? Because I think it's only something like 10 or 15% of American adults didn't take a single dose. It's a low number of Americans that didn't take like a single dose of it. Uh, among, among the adult population, mm -hmm. I should say. Okay. So who are you and why? And if you took a single dose, why didn't you take any more? We are just going to turn the second hour over to you to share your story. That's coming up next hour on the show. You don't want to miss it. We are also at critical mass on the disrespect for marriage or otherwise known as uh, the Fed, the U.S. government openly declares war on the church in America. And Bob Vanderplatz will join us at the bottom of the hour to give us an update on where that stands, as well as the vote on Mike Lee's amendment that we talked about last week before we headed out for Thanksgiving weekend. But before we get to all of that, of course, let's get caught up on Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away, brought to you by TrialsAndExecution.com. Dr. Anthony Fauci was on a Sunday show for hopefully one of the last times. He started off by blaming Trump for China's cover-up of the virus. What happens is that if you look at the anti-China approach that clearly the Trump administration had right from the very beginning, and the accusatory nature, the Chinese are going to flinch back and say, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to talk mm -hmm. to you about it, which is not correct. But they they're not talking be. to the Biden administration about it either. Exactly. I think that horse is out of the barn. And he was then asked about whether schools should close again. I don't know, uh, uh, Margaret. I'm not sure. When, when you talk about shutting down schools, there's always... The collateral That's also effects. radioactive. <laughs> it is, exactly. Last week, Fauci was deposed as part of the Missouri v. Biden case delving into White House big tech collusion to censor facts about COVID inconvenient to the administration. Fauci was asked which studies had convinced him between February when he had emailed a friend saying masks don't work and April of 2020 when he was touting masks. Fauci said he couldn't recall which exact studies he'd seen. He then proceeded to ask the court reporter to put on a mask because she had the sniffles and said, quote, the last thing in the world I want is to get COVID. Fauci has been jabbed at least three or four times. In China, a BBC journalist was beaten and kicked by Chinese police for covering anti-lockdown protests, breaking out all over that country as China once more pursues its zero-COVID madness. Crickets from corporate media here in the States. Moving on, this person was responsible for deciding what you could and couldn't see on Twitter before he was fired. In her San Francisco home with some moral support from her dog Biscuit, Melissa Engel follows the rapid-fire changes at her former employer on the current path I just I'm really really worried about Twitter's future and now this what you're about to see is part of a film project in Canada designed to advertise euthanasia last breaths are sacred when I imagine my final days I see bubbles 
I see the ocean. I see music. Even now, as I seek help to end my life, there is still so much beauty. You just have to be brave enough to see it. Justin Trudeau, your thoughts. Please help me welcome to the Canada's Drag Race workroom, the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau! Can we move beyond tolerate and start embracing and loving and accepting and learning from and being challenged by? That's how you build a resilient society. Also in Canada. How is a human being dressing how they want to dress, sexualizing anything? It's a human body. Why is that a sexual thing? So you thing? think adults should be able to wear whatever they want in front sure. of children? Sure. So Canadians are really uptight. Sure. Why not? Well, it's a body. It's a human body. Why not? So it's a human body. Should we have size. naked men reading to little kids? Sure. It's a human body. Oh, okay. That video courtesy of Billboard Chris on Twitter. He's a great follow, by the way. Unintentional cell phone alert. This is a tweet from Kate Tenbarge, a reporter for NBC News. Quote, Tucker Carlson, libs of TikTok, etc., create a stream of content blaming trans and queer people for child grooming, but rarely or never feature actual victims of child grooming. If they did, they'd have to reckon with the fact that many survivors are queer and trans themselves. End quote. The dean of Trinity College at Cambridge University is claiming Jesus Christ was a tranny. Headline at the Washington Post, Downstate is a play about pedophiles. It's also brilliant. In completely unrelated news, checking in on Joe Biden. Y'all know what day it is? No. It's bath day. And finally this, a new study from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology says planet Earth has a stabilizing feedback mechanism that keeps the planet from getting too hot or too cold regardless of human actions. The MIT study says long weathering of silicate rocks sets off a chain chemical reaction which traps gases like carbon dioxide within those rocks. <laughs> Almost like it was designed that way. And that's what happened while we were away. Hmm. Aaron's Montage brought to you by friends over at Moink who also are a little bit concerned about how much of America China owns, especially when it comes to our pork production. Uh, about 60% of U.S. pork production comes from a company that has Chinese ownership. That's another reason why you want to look for America first when it comes to your products as well. You're looking for grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon delivered straight to your box, then you're looking for Moink. Uh, their meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better, and this is farm-to-table the old-fashioned way, the way that previous generations of Americans, not eager to sell out their country, but actually preserve it. This is the way that they consumed their food as well. If you want to keep American farming going... Uh, American farming, that's American farming going. Uh, sign up at Moinkbox, M-O-I-N-K, moinkbox.com slash Steve. And if you do, you get free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's free filet mignon in every order for a year. You heard me. Free filet mignon in every order for a year. When you go to moinkbox.com slash Steve. Again, that is moinkbox.com slash Steve. You know how to keep a secret, man. Not once did you let it slip to me over Thanksgiving break that today, Monday morning, the trailer premiere for Nefarious was going to be on this morning because <laughs> that was amazing. That, I don't, that, that entire trailer is Death of the West stuff, or uh, 
forgive me, uh, that in that entire montage is death of the West stuff. And there, there's, there's, there is no political solution to any of that. There is no way to vote yourself out of any of that. And I'm not kidding. That would work as a trailer for your movie. You may as well just run that. I, I mean, it's... That's hell. Uh, it, it is. It, it's, it is Romans 1 brought to life is what it is. What does a Romans 1 judgment look like? What does it look like for a society that has had the restraining hand of God's common grace or what we knew in our founding generations as natural law or providence? What does it look like when that is removed, when that protection is no longer there? What does that look like? Well, in the next few verses, Paul describes it. People are given over to their own depraved minds to fulfill lust and desires that are unnatural, that they shouldn't want. The encouragement of others to become just as corrupted. The haughtiness, the arrogance, the shamelessness. That's everywhere. That is everywhere throughout that montage. Now, the level of demonic from Anthony Fauci the last 72 hours, even by his standards, is so sociopathic. He's getting his own overtime today. Aaron Cariotti, who is the one that brought the lawsuit that the federal courts demanded Anthony Fauci be deposed in front of, uh, he put out a Twitter thread over the weekend, kind of with... Do we call them highlights? What, what do you call those? Hell lights. Hell lights. Good with me. Uh, he put out a Twitter thread over the weekend with hell lights from what was it a seven eight hour deposition? I recall seven hours. Yeah. And and so we're gonna we're gonna go through his thread in the overtime today. I had some spirit of the ager come at me on Twitter today because I after reading uh, some of the some of the summaries. And friend of the program, Justin Hart, on his Substack has a really good summary of what we know about that deposition so far as well. By the way, how many of you had no idea that this deposition took place? Because the media didn't cover any of it. Think about that. They hung on every single word that Anthony Fauci said for the last two and a half years. Actually, nearly three years now. We're heading into the final month of 2022. So nearly three years. It was the end of February 2020 that Anthony Fauci started to become omnipresent in our media culture. So that's nearly three full years. And all of 2020, all of 2021, now all of 2022. They hung on every word. They put him on several weekend shows. Do you think it's possible, Todd, show ombudsman, they just, they just didn't know that this deposition took place? Do you think that's possible? I do not. You don't. So then what is the benign, innocent explanation for why they would have put him on several weekend shows and never bothered to ask him about the fact he was deposed in a federal court in a lawsuit about his own governance decisions and behavior what, what what's the benign innocent explanation for that those words have no more meaning to me they, there is none there is none and I, I keep asking that question so that everybody knows that there are none benign innocent explanations do not exist everything 
is, well, nefarious. So we will give Anthony Fauci his own segment in the overtime today, blazetv.com slash dace. If you're a subscriber, you'll be able to watch it there later today. We'll record it right after today's show. If you're not yet a subscriber, that's where you can go to become one uh, for a big discount right now, blazetv.com slash dace. So yeah, they had him on, never asked him about it. No benign, innocent explanation for that. So I had some lefty spirit of the ager come at me when I saw this last night. I tweeted out, Anthony Fauci is the greatest manifestation of evil in American political history. And I honestly can't think of a close second. And I had some lefty spirit of the ager that's got well over 300,000 followers come back at me. All this because he just made you wear a mask? No, dude. So I came back at him. It's, it's because since at least 2014, and at the very least 2017, he funded the research that created this mongoloid virus that killed how many people? He orchestrated and implemented the lockdown strategy that killed how many people? And he's one of the primary reasons we all now know what the term died suddenly means. That's why. That's why. But we'll get more into that in the overtime. There is a moment, though, in Aaron's montage. There's two, really, though, that I I think highlight where we are in the West, which is a dying culture, a dying hemisphere, one that is potentially under a Romans 1 judgment. The first, as Aaron highlighted, the euthanasia commercial. There is no such thing as death with dignity. It does not exist. Death in and of itself is an indignity. Death was not the will of the creator. We brought death upon this earth, this creation, with our lack of dignity, our lack of obedience. It is also why every godless movement promotes death as if it is a dignified course of action to pursue. Death can have meaning. It can have meaning. Like, Love knows nothing greater than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friends. There is meaning there. But there was no dignity. Christ was, tr- was, was disfigured. He was scourged so badly. Crucifixion is arguably the most brutal form of execution ever devised in the history of humanity. And we have devised quite a few. There's no death with dignity. Death is an indignity. The Bible calls it the last enemy. There's nothing dignified about death. It's a tragedy. It's unnecessary. It didn't have to be. It never had to enter into this creation. Death is the antithesis of the creator. Because death destroys. It doesn't create. Who's the destroyer? The other guy. He's the destroyer. 
the idea of ending your life on your terms. Do you know the future? You have some terminal illness? Do you know if they're going to find a cure tomorrow? Five minutes after you die with dignity. Do you know? You don't. Unless we just think it's about terminal cancer up in Canada, I believe. A uh, mm-hmm. 38-year-old woman suffering from depression was just talked into offing herself because, you know, life got a little hard or something like that. So there was no more meaning. Exactly. Nothing, nothing more she could accomplish. Nothing more. I remember once early in my career, I got asked to speak at a nursing home where a friend of mine was the manager. And she was just struggling to connect with a lot of these older men who... Some of them had been captains of industry, heroic soldiers, but they are obviously in a very diminished capacity here. A lot of times they're lucky if the family comes by and sees them a couple times a year on a birthday or Christmas or Thanksgiving, right? And she's, she thought maybe I could help. And I'm like, what do I know? You know, but I agreed to come in and speak to them. And I, I did my normal routine before I come on this show, before I go speak in public, you know, found the corner stall in the men's room, got prayed up, and then we'll see what, you know, we'll see what comes out. <laughs> and I'm standing up there and, you know, um, at this point in time, I've got a little girl, a toddler, and an infant at home. You know, I'm not even 40 years old. I've, I've barely lived any life at all. What, what do I have to say to these men that have already faced and overcome adversities that are benchmarks in life. I haven't, I haven't reached yet. What do I have to say to them? And I opened up my mouth and here is what I said to them. No matter what state you are currently in, if there is breath in your body, if you are alive, if you have not been called home yet, It's because there is still more of your purpose to fulfill. God is a God of order. If you are here, it's because there is still purpose for you to fulfill. And who knows what that is? Maybe it's one last final encouragement to an adult child or a grandchild. Maybe it's one last act of service to one another. Maybe it's something even more subtle. I don't know. But I can promise you, in God's created order, there is no wasted raw material. If you are still here, there's a reason for you to be. And my encouragement to you would be to be on the lookout for what that is. And I said a few more things, and then that was it. I got to tell you guys, it was amazing. Whole mood in the room changed whole mood in the room changed I was supposed to leave afterwards they were supposed to go to lunch I mean a bunch of these guys came over asked me to come and sit down with lunch I didn't leave for like another hour and a half showing me pictures of their grandkids and I'm hearing their life stories it was it was just like the whole mood in this room changed when there was recognition of purpose That's why we're not allowed to hear messages like that in that media you just talked about before, Steve. Correct. Correct. 
They're trying to kill us with despair. Yes, they are. If they can't kill you physically, then they kill you emotionally with despair. God is not a dispenser of death and hopelessness. He is a dispenser of life and hope. When he has permitted or pronounced death, it is because we have hardened our hearts to those things as a people and have become emissaries, vessels, vehicles for the other place. Not unknowingly, like sheep, but as wolves. We want it. And that's where Romans 1 comes in. You will get then what you want. That's where Galatians comes in. Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. A man will always reap what he sows. Which brings us to the other highlight in Aaron's, or hell-light, as Todd said, in Aaron's montage. The unintentional self-own about pedophiles. I think I've discussed this on the show before. Years ago when Howard Stern left Terrestrial Radio and went to Sirius XM, me and a buddy that I did sports talk radio with at the time, we had a bet how many F-bombs would Howard Stern drop his first day on Sirius Satellite Radio. And back then, Stern used to put out, and maybe he still does, I don't know, but he would put out transcripts of his program. So to settle the bet, we went and read through the transcript to count the F-bombs. While we were counting the F-bombs, though, one of the first guests that, he came, that we came across that day was George Takai, otherwise known as Mr. Sulu on Star Trek. And Takai had just recently come out as gay. And Stern asks him in this transcript, when did you know you were gay? And I think it was a summer camp or something like this that it's been, you know, how many years, over 20 years since I read this transcript. Something like that, though, that, that Takai was a, you know, 12, 13, 14 year old. And he's telling this story about I had a sexual encounter with a counselor or another adult um, at this event. And he realized that after, you know, began, you know, the fact that he enjoyed it, the feelings that he had, he realized, I, I think I'm just gay. He was groomed. That's what he was describing. He had been molested by a predator. That's what he, in any other era of society, that's what we would have called it. That's what this NBC reporter is describing. The human psyche knows this behavior is wrong. That's why it fights it. That's why there is no need to have, quote unquote, pride for saying, I like chicks. Or for a chick to say, I like dudes. There's no pride. Everybody knows that's the natural state. Everybody gets it. They know that. The reason why when these desires first appear, you intrinsically fight them is because they're not natural. They're not the way you were made. There are tabs and slots, male and female plumbing on purpose. There's a design there. And so suddenly you are violated and your body responds. How do I reconcile this? One way is to confront that trauma and get counseling. First of all, get justice against the one who violated you. That can certainly help getting whole to see that. But to get the emotional, spiritual support counseling that you need, or when those things aren't available, or when you don't seek them, to just internalize them. That's who I am now. Those are my desires. I've been groomed successfully. That, in which you shared there, Aaron, that's what that NBC reporter is saying. 
We have successfully groomed them so now they don't even realize that this isn't how they were made. As Nefarious says in a movie you all will see next year, he made you in his image and then we remade you in ours. That's what that NBC reporter is describing. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Yeah, that that's a um a level of darkness this weekend that with all of the uh, festivities it 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 felt like here it is. Uh, we talk about what time it is, the 11th hour all the time, but I absolutely felt it existentially in my bones this weekend, light versus dark on a cosmic level. That woman in Aaron's montage that's talking about it's just the human body. I don't what that she's she's just dressed like a normal gal. She's through every single institution, every single one. Again, the people are the problem. She, the, the crazy uh, tranny one on Libs of TikTok, of course, that, that's a danger, but they are supported by 10 of women like that. What do you do with that? That's the, that's the spirit of Jezebel, is what that is. Bob Vanderplatz will join us here next. Stay tuned. We even brought in the Christmas bumpers, dude. Indeed we did. You get me. Or you don't want to hear me whine. No, I just think this year of all years, we need as much Christmas spirit as we can take. Indeed. Especially as an antidote to whatever the hell that was in your montage here we just talked about. Um, one of our new partners this year that we were excited to start working with is a ministry known as Preborn. And they they have been ahead of the curve, understanding that ultimately this is a street fight with the spirit of the age, hand to hand combat, uh, child to child, mom to mom. And so when Roe v. Wade was overturned and this went now from primarily a political fight with, you know, uh, ministry implications to now a ministerial fight with political implications, they were already on the street ready to go. I mean, they've been showing moms sonograms of their babies for many years. Uh, what their data shows is that there's an over 80% likelihood the mom will, will allow her baby to be born if she sees that heartbeat, knows that it's there. But then they don't just do that. Uh, they love them both. They're there with all kinds of uh, prenatal care, maternity care, clothes, diapers, car seats, counseling, all of it free of charge. They know what this is all about. And that's why they've been a part of saving over 188,000 babies since their inception. They make all this free because of donations from people like us. If you would like to make one of them, uh, just dial pound 250 on your mobile device and say the keyword baby. Pound 250, keyword baby, on your mobile device, or just go to preborn.com slash Steve. That's a lot easier. Preborn.com slash Steve. Let's bring in friend of the show, Bob Vanderplatz from the Family Leader. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Really good. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you guys had a good one. We had a really good one, actually. Yeah. I heard you like green bean casserole. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, no. Bill Gates endorses green bean casserole. All right. 
That's all I need Randy, to know. Wi- Randy Weingarten <laughs> likes green beans casserole. They serve that at the teacher union uh, uh, get-togethers. Yeah. You're not eating green bean casserole. Green bean casserole is armpit. That's what it's awful. It's terrible. <laughs> it's gaslighting, Bob. Just pure gaslighting. Yeah, all right. But, it's but funny. moving on. Uh, it, it, it's funny you should bring that up, though, because, I mean, we had a we had a great weekend. We had a ton of fun as a family. Very relaxing. Uh, it was a great sports weekend. You know, I mean... I, it was for the Dace family overall. You know, mom and dad got out on a date night too. We had a fun family day yesterday and started our Christmas family movie night season with Elf at Anna's request, which, you know, you don't have to twist my arm for. It's one of my all-time favorites. I mean, it was for the Dace family, it, it could not have been. Michigan beats Ohio State. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. It could not have been a better Thanksgiving weekend. And, and we were allowed to be largely insulated by what's going on culture at large would just That's a good thing and, and and i think that maybe is what made aaron's montage even more impactful for us todd that aaron just played i i wondered if we weren't coming off that kind of a thanksgiving weekend would we still have had you know like literally sign of the cross level of seething at what we just you know mm-hmm. witnessed you know because as soon as we went back into the gen pop we were given all kinds of reminders of what is the current state of our culture one of them is of course what's going on uh in washington dc where the United States federal government is determining whether or not it wants to literally go to war with God, whether it literally wants to go to war against the church. So what is the latest update on the uh, We Declare War on the Church Act? Where are we at with that? Well, we did a special episode not that long ago on the Disrespect for Marriage Act, and we were hoping that U.S. senators would hold firm and that they wouldn't get to 60 for the culture vote. The fact is they didn't get just 10 Republican senators to go their way. They got 12 and so, therefore, they got 62 votes when they only needed 60. Mike Lee, and really, it is a thank God moment and give him kudos mm-hmm. to Mike Lee to say, listen, uh, this is going to be complete war on everything that you believe, everything that you hold dear, whether you're a church, the family leader, uh, the preborn uh, ministry that you just talked about. Uh, you believe marriage between one man and one woman, they're, they're going to come after you. This is going to weaponize the federal government after you. You will be made to care. So Mike Lee has put together uh, a very strong religious liberty amendment to be attached to this awful House bill, which basically codifies same-sex marriage. Can I pause right there? Right. So if, if the senators are trying to codify Windsor and Obergefell into the federal code, would it be accurate to say that Mike Lee, with his background as an attorney, this amendment would then codify Hobby Lobby and Masterpiece Cake Shop? into federal code as a response to that, essentially. Pretty much of saying, you know, okay. we are at least going to put teeth into this mm-hmm. of protecting your religious liberty, that you still can believe one man, one woman marriage. You still can believe in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. You still can teach that. And that's important to us uh, because we know that the end goes to silence the scriptures, to force you into compliance, to make you be made to care, as you often say, Steve. So Mike Lee has put together this religious liberty amendment. Now we're trying to get three U.S. senators who voted for culture to advance this awful bill to codify same-sex marriage to now stand with Mike Lee and say, but we're not going to give you closure to close the debate on the bill. So you need closure to advance the bill, to, to commence debate on the bill, but now you need closure to close the debate on the bill. And basically say, we're not going to give you closure until you accept the Mike Lee Amendment. Getting in the weeds, uh, there are some that believe the Democrats will not accept 
Mike Lee's Amendment because they'll see it as a poison pill. Mm -hmm. The reason is they're going to show their true colors. Why? Mm -hmm. They want to shut you up. They want to shut me Mm -hmm. up. They want to shut your church up. This is no longer about tolerance. This is no longer about, hey, just let us live the way we want to live. This is about you need to you need to embrace our our beliefs or you will be made to care. So if they were to resist, then all of a sudden that bill goes nowhere. The bill would die. Or the Democrats would say, hey, if we're going to advance the bill. We need to accept Mike Lee's amendment. Otherwise, we don't get these Republican votes. You know, then at least you get a strong religious liberty amendment to it. As my new best friend, as we talked about last week, we were not we're not going to go back to that session. But last week, my new best friend, Lindsey Graham, said. Is he still calling you? The good news. <laughs> I've kept my word, by the way. I've not, yeah. I've not fired any blast his way since you and I had our conversation I'm last Monday. I'm glad you have yeah. So anyhow, the good news, bad news, Lindsey Graham tells me, says, if they hold firm, you will get Mike Lee's amendment. Unless the Democrats say we're not going to do it. Then you won't get the bill. He said, but if they get Mike Lee's amendment, he says, you're going to have more Republicans voting to codify same-sex marriage. So it's one of those, you know, half one way or six one way, half dozen the other way. The fact of the matter is you need this religious liberty protection. They already showed they want to codify same-sex marriage. Give us religious liberty protection. So what's the timetable we're looking at here? What's next? It could be today. Because what's happened is that they have to consider another amendment before they consider Mike Lee's amendment. And that amendment, the Democrats have already agreed to. That's basically to strip polygamy from this deal and to give some fig leaf and it's very fig leaf protection of religious liberty. But then they're going to have to consider Mike Lee's amendment. Now, if those 12 Republicans stand with the 50 Democrats, you get to 62 and they vote for closure. This thing's going to go forward and it's going to be open warfare on on organizations of faith, your church, places like the family leader. If they stand firm, this is the deal. Do you get the bill or do you get Mike Lee's amendment on top of the bill? What do you think is likely to happen here? I believe there are some senators, including our own Joni Ernst, uh, who were very conflicted about this vote. And I think they were surprised by the blowback where her name was being (laughs) verbalized in churches of saying she didn't basically. How, how How is that? How is that possible? Because you've been in D.C. You went across uh, the Potomac. And what it is, you forgot about back home, the people that got you elected. And so when you're staying there and your goal is leadership and you're going to be the policy director for the Republican caucus, sometimes you forget those things. All of a sudden back home, you start hearing, what do you mean they're naming my name in churches? I can't believe pastors would do it. But pastors are calling it out because they're seeing this could be open warfare on their church. So I think what it is, it's an opportunity for them to save somewhat face to say, listen, I stood my ground. Now, our hope is that Joni Ernst will be one of the three. Hopefully there's, hopefully all 12 would say we're going to stand with Mike Roy Blunt's a former Southern Baptist minister, correct? Right. And, and then He's then, one of the 12. Isn't Mitt Romney a former high-ranking elder in the Mormon church? Yeah, but remember. He's one of the 12. But remember, Mitt Romney, the high-ranking elder of his church, got his church to endorse the current bill without any religious liberty protection. Right, right. Essentially, so, the, so the, Evan, that he's the Evan McMuffin bend. factor yeah. or, or faction of the LDS church right. endorses this legislation, and the Mike Lee faction is essentially yeah. trying to fight it. Yeah. And yeah. then what you find out, this always happens. I get so sick of this. The people that are retire- retiring, burr. 
you know, I'll vote with you. Why? Oh, they did that I'm on retiring. purpose. They did that on purpose. Yeah. Wh- wh- why does it matter now? Because they went through the game. They game planned it out in the cloakroom, and they did that on purpose. Exactly. That's not a coincidence at all. Exactly. That's also why they're 62 and not 60. Because, because uh, then there would just be one vote short, and you'd be easy to pressure one person, not as right. easy to pressure two or three simultaneously. Exactly. This is all a game. That's yeah. what so it, now that's you what need three, and that's what Mike Lee is asking for. It's what James Lankford's asked for. What Lindsey Graham's asking for. What Senator Ted Cruz is asking for. Tom Cotton. We got some people that are solid on this issue. And they understand the risk involved. They're asking for you and for me to put the pressure on and to encourage our senators to do the right thing. In this case, the right thing is stand up for religious liberty, for heaven's sakes. I would still vote no on the bill, but at least stand up for religious liberty and go with Mike Lee's Tillis is Tom Tillis is an extraordinarily weak human being. So I would definitely be pressuring him. He's not up for retirement, you know. He's in the state that's the headquarters of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Okay. North Carolina. Yeah, whose next governor is, could very well be Mark Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would absolutely be burning up the phone lines to pressure him as one of the three. Yeah. So when you take a look at how did Joni Ernst vote this way? How did he vote that way? I mean, North Carolina, for heaven's sakes. I mean, Iowa, I would still say it was a really because bad Because they're move. for it. What they did not anticipate is that there would be this level of... Of blowback that's that's i see i don't where this is maybe where you and i disagree let's find out Mm -hmm. i don't know i i don't think you lose principles when you go to dc i think you lose perspective and i think i think that ultimately the principles that you go there with will get exposed once the process begins the perspective you lose is that i'm is that is that you gain is now i'm untouchable Mm mm-hmm and my base, because of the duopoly and, the, and everything else, will have to tolerate anything from me that they absolutely, that I wish to do. There's nothing they can do. That, the, what changes is the perspective that I'm untouchable. I and t- I think that's what these 12, the retirees aside, the rest of them are essentially saying, like Joni, I am untouchable. I can do anything to you. That I, that I want to because you have no place else to go. And that's why to hear churches stand up and push back and to single her out and call her out by name, that's the perspective of if you, when she's in the state legislature, she doesn't lose that perspective because she's closer to her constituents. You lose that perspective when you live there in the Capitol with Caesar Flickerman mm-hmm. year round. You forget that, that you are actually a servant of the people and that you at least have to feign some acknowledgement of that as opposed to an arrogant, just complete dismissiveness of it. You know, Steve, it's going to shock you, but I totally agree with you. Oh, okay. Because what it is, what's, what's being exposed is, do you have a foundation? Do you have a biblical worldview and do you have a constitutional worldview? Or do you need to be constantly lobbied on yep. it? And you're learning and, that the answer that's is the latter. What you're talking about is that state legislature, you're constantly lobbied. You're mm-hmm. constantly, and you're con- continually looking at your constituents. When you get to D.C., when you run a campaign, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to serve you. All of a sudden, you get to D.C., what is it about? Oh, I guess you serve me. That's the way it is. And now send that worldview, if it's not solid, in this case, it can't be solid. Well, now, why wouldn't I do this? This mm-hmm. gets me leadership. Mm-hmm. This gets me whatever. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I've been told by leadership as well, behind closed doors, wink, wink, you're not up for re-election until 2026. You're, untouch- you're untouchable. And your churches will never say a thing. And mm-hmm. these are churches that typically don't touch politics with a 10-foot pole who are the ones who are talking about it. Because they see what this could do to them. That's why they need to stand firm now. So whatever lobbying pressure you can do, 
you know, let your voice be heard. We said it before, but now you need to let your voice be heard again. All right, we got two minutes here. Final thing. I, I said late uh, bef- last week before we left for Thanksgiving that Mike Lee is, regardless of how this turns out, is doing us a generational favor. Without question. He is either going to provide real religious liberty protection here or he is going to do what the Republican Party hates doing most of all which is exposing what its members really believe to its base. Everything Mm -hmm. is devised so that the average Republican voter doesn't know who these people are and what they really believe and think right? Because he is offering them a way out. Okay, fine. Show us that you really believe that, that, that it's time to codify this new societal acceptance, but not at the expense of the First Amendment. I'm giving you the opportunity to Mm -hmm. do that. If you don't then your base knows once and for all that this is really about you will be made to care. Nothing more, nothing less. You're on a jihad here. Now, I don't know that Mike intends that or not. I don't know him well enough to know, but that's usually the kind of exposure the Republican Party tries to avoid in front of its base at all costs. I think his motivation, first of all, is genuine. I want religious liberty attached to this thing. I think that's a genuine motivation of Mike Lee. That said... He's going to expose either way. He's going to expose Republicans by saying, I'm going to expose who you are. You don't care about religious liberty either. Or he's going to expose the Democrats if these guys hold firm. I mean, you won't accept my amendment because we, okay, that is your end goal. You want to shut all of us up Mm -hmm. because then you expose the other party. Mm -hmm. The other thing, they just want this to go away. I got to tell you, for the 2024 presidential uh, campaigns, the caucus season, all that stuff, this is going to become a highlighted issue because this is a big issue right now with a very key base called the evangelicals. Mm -hmm. You thought marriage was going to go away. Well, now marriage is center stage. And by the way, it's got religious liberty attached to it. How do you lead on something like that? These are very clarifying times. Well, they are. It's just much of the clarity we are getting is not fun, but we are getting clarity nevertheless. And sometimes it's better just to stay on Thanksgiving break <laughs> versus come back to reality. But, <laughs> reality to but reality is here. And for those family members that you celebrate Thanksgiving with, especially those, the, your, your kids and mm-hmm. your grandkids, that's why you do what you Amen. do. Amen. Amen. Um, can people go to you guys' website to keep up on what's going, what's going on here? Definitely, go, they do? definitely go to thefamilyleader.com. We'll try to keep you posted and updated on all this. But in the meantime, contact your U.S. senator and let them know where you stand on it, especially if it's one of those 12. But even if it's not one of those 12, they have caucus meetings. Mm-hmm. Let, let your senator know that this is being brought up uh, in the caucus session. Todd, we got about a minute. you have any thoughts? Well, I'm glad they're hearing feedback, but it's not enough because, quite frankly, uh, this merits everybody demanding that those, those, especially if they are in a red state, demands for Joni Ernst like, to resign instantly are, are the only acceptable call in, in my mind, really. Enough of the games. We already have a constitution. We shouldn't be talking about anything like this at all, but we are because we don't make demands like that on our people. Hmm. Bob, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Good to see you. Like the color of the shirt. <laughs> Surprised I said that. You know that. I had to represent some way today. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. Hour two, we're going to turn it over to you. Why didn't you get the jab or why didn't you get it again? Who are the unjabbed, at least within our audience? We're going to have that conversation here next. Stay tuned.
All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Aaron McIntyre. He's Todd Erzin, and you are you. Let us know what you think about what we think. You can do so by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter, Getter, TikTok, and Instagram. And you can find me at Real Steve Dace, at Real Steve Dace over on Truth Social. And then finally... Get clips of the show free to watch and free of any censorship when you head over to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And again, remember the last name is D-E-A-C-E. Speaking of those of you that listen to the podcast, if you've yet to do this, leave us a five-star review. Help us to find more subscribers just like you. And you can do that by hitting subscribe and follow on the podcast as well. We were able to give out some pretty nice uh, Christmas bonuses uh, to the team here this year. And frankly, you're a big reason why. So thank you very much for that. And uh, help us again to find more people just like you and uh, help the, um, uh, the very finicky algorithmic gods to shine upon me. Thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. And this portion of the show brought to you by My Patriot Supply, Friends, America's diesel fuel shortage means truckers may not be able to deliver enough food to your local grocery store here this winter. That could cause food shortages like we have never seen. Are you prepared? We just talked about the shortage of amoxicillin at the top of last hour. Now you might be looking at the need for emergency food at some point this winter. So go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. MyPatriotSupply.com right now. Save 25% on their four-week emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, even snacks and drinks. All right. Free shipping as well. All right. For you and everyone in your household right now, four-week emergency food kit for 25% off. Get yours today. Have peace of mind to know, hey, if it goes down, I'm ready. Plus, these stay good for over 20 years with proper storage. MyPatriotSupply.com. All right, folks, we're going to do something a little different for the second hour here today. Over the weekend, this is something I could not have done without the transfer and ownership of Twitter. I can't do it on Facebook. So Twitter it is. We asked our followers at Steve Day Show on Twitter, if you've not been jabbed or you didn't get more jabs after the first one, you got none of the boosters. Tell us your story. Why? We had well over, well over a thousand last I checked, Todd. I don't know how many we ended up with, but I know it's well over a thousand people replied to this. Yep. Once we got to that critical mass number, I did what any self-respecting boss would do. And I called my staff and asked them, can you now do this for me? Because <laughs> it's too much work. All right. But it's also right in your wheelhouse. This is a, a subject that uh, you and your family have very strong convictions about and did long before the emergence of mRNA technology and COVID-19 mongoloid viruses that were created on purpose in Chinese labs and then probably leaked as biomedical weapons. Right? Yes. So... We're going to get to everybody's stories. You've, you went through all these responses, and I wanted you to curate a good cross-section of responses. We're not, we're not looking for one angle in particular. We really just want to hear your story. Because especially if you, did, if you didn't take any of these, 
Less than 15% of American adults didn't take a single jab. Less than 15% of American adults. That's it. So why? What's your story? I think it's only fair if the three of us start with our own story. Fair? Yeah. So let me start with mine. I had no strong anti-vax in general sentiment heading into COVID-19. Uh, in our family, we, we are skeptical of big pharma because we're skeptical of corporatism in general. So our kids were all given the traditional vaccine cocktail when they were little that I was given to go to public school, but nothing additional. Our kids never got any Gardasils or any of that kind of stuff. Anything new. <clears throat> no one in our home had ever even had a flu shot until my son Noah's first year at a corporate school setting at Des Moines Christian. He got the flu twice in two weeks and it was worse the second time. And so we decided to get a flu shot just to try to get any help we could possibly get to not get a third because the second time he almost ended up in the hospital. That's the only member of our entire family that's had anything outside of the traditional, um, the, the traditional vaccine cocktail that had existed. What was it? I think it's 16 or 17 back to when you and I were growing up. Right. So we're going back, you know, 40 or 50 years now. <clears throat> um, I was very hopeful at the outset. If you go back and listen to our shows, I was very hopeful from the outset that this might, this might be a savior. But I also, if you go back and listen to our shows, I was very disturbed by the way that this was being rolled out. A traditional vaccine program is devised to get the population to herd immunity as soon as possible. And so if you went back and listened to our shows in the first quarter of 2021, you'll hear me raise issues like, where are the seroprevalence studies? I mean, we would want to know, right? Who's already had COVID? Who's got natural immunity and who doesn't? But of course, we spent much of 2020 doing what? Lying about natural immunity. And, and for much of that year, I thought the reason that they were lying if you go back and listen to those shows, you'll hear me say this. My working theory at the time is that they were afraid because of the unnatural origin of the virus, because it was created in a lab, which not until about a month after we released Fauci and Bargain last year, were you permitted to write about that on social media, not get banned, right? So in 2020, this topic was still very taboo. You'd get censored for it. So... My, my working theory was the reason they were lying about natural immunity is because they were afraid that the, at the, the synthetic, vac synthetic virus that they had created would, would elude, as a bioweapon, would essentially elude precedent when it came to immunology, virology, and biology. And this was a tacit admission of this, right? Stop me if, you, if I'm misremembering any of this, right? right? And so, I mean, I, I had that theory probably well into 2021 even. And then they, about, what was it, April or May, they lifted the, the ability now you could talk about openly. Um, you could talk about the potential natural, lack of a natural origin of the virus. And yet the lies about natural immunity continued on. Remember, I used to talk about CDC had not released any mass antibody studies 
on infection levels in the population since July 4th weekend of 2020, and those samples were from April and May of 2020. Wouldn't we want to know, why are we wasting precious time and doses on people who already have immunity? You would, you would, you give the vaccine to the people who don't have natural immunity to get to herd immunity faster, right? Mm-hmm. But we were, we were told herd, herd immunity, which kept humanity around and survived plagues for thousands of years, was a scam. Trump called it a strategy. I think he even called it a failed strategy. I think is what he called it. So. Right away, I am suspicious, and my position was: let's just sit back and see then how how it performs. And it didn't take long once the Delta variant got here in July and August for its numbers to turn negative and increasingly negative. And so by that point in time, I had dug in my heels and my answer was no before we even knew a lot about the safety profile stuff that we would come to know about it later in the year. So that's my story as to why I didn't take a single dose of it and I didn't let them inject it into anybody in my household who was still under my care. Because they denied basic laws of virology and immunology the entire time leading up to its release. Todd, your story. Well, as you know, uh, and I wasn't trying to keep it a secret uh, in any way, shape, or form before COVID came along, but yes, I am the show anti-vaxxer. But I grew up, I was vaccinated, just grew up in normal family but i i owe this uh to my uh wife and by extension uh my uh uh father-in-law who just simply uh helped me understand the history of vaccination uh particularly the parts that are left out and when you learn things like up, upward 90 95% forgive me i don't remember the exact number of people who got polio had symptoms of the common cold. I ha- I had never heard that before. And then you just keep doing the history. And it's not so much... It, it, and so then I had back uh, when I'm a, um, in my late 20s and uh, my wife and I are courting and uh, I'm, I'm learning about this. And I had the same awakening that uh, Steve had uh, regarding COVID. It, there's two parts of this, and I've told you this before. There, there's the actual science that you know and is presented to you about vaccination. And we can agree or disagree on it, but I don't, I don't think it's all poppycock. I, I, I don't. But then there's the part that you aren't taught and you quite and you learn over time that it's uh, you aren't not only are you not taught it but it's on purpose. And I saw those light bulbs right in front of me in real time go on in Steve, and that's what just he told you again. And he said this story before, like it they're not being transparent. They're not taking the winds when they're there. They seem to be threatened by the winds of natural immunity. And so that is the stuff that turned me. Uh, into an anti-vaxxer uh certainly philosophically and then of course it's when the rubber meets the road and uh i get married i have uh my own children and we have uh four daughters who aren't uh uh vaccinated for anything as well and i'll simply remind you anthony fauci uh in aaron's montage today 
how, the, the house of cards, when the light bulbs pop off in your head about how much just utter BS there is, that you should simply, whatever else you do in the future with your own family, your own children, vaccine, like how utterly full of bleep that they are. When this man, who still to this day pushes the vaccine like he does, like it's a magic incantation, and then when somebody sneezes next to them and he's vaxxed to the hilt and he puts on a drama like that, if you don't think that's the biggest BS you've ever heard in your life and don't start asking some questions, I don't know what to say to you. Because that is utter voodoo that he's preaching. All right? There's no other word for it. It's voodoo. So Aaron, your story. Even before we even knew what a COVID was, um, just seeing, let's call them interactions that Todd had with people who were pro-vax and always vax. My mind, my thinking when it came to vaccines, you know, even though I've had all mine, don't have any uh, necessarily... I, I, you know, within reason, don't have any huge, uh, just not, not something that I thought about a, a ton. It's just, it's what you do. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, but seeing how rabid the always vax people were when confronted with some of the arguments that Todd made and how just ridiculously just hysterical you could get them to, to go and get them to be very quickly uh, it forced me to think through things a little bit more and my thinking was if you cannot look me in the eye 100 percent and guarantee that there won't be some adverse reaction to any vaccine then there should be some room for grace for me and you shouldn't have these ridiculous hysterical responses that i'm killing your kids you're a monster things that People were calling Todd online for this. That was my thinking. Uh, so that's kind of what, where I came into this. The, the reason I didn't get jabbed and my wife didn't get jabbed is because at that point, we'd already had COVID. So there's absolutely no reason whatsoever mm -hmm. to get jabbed. Mm -hmm. We weren't, weren't opposed to the idea of it if the jabs actually worked. But very skeptical. Uh, so that's one A. Already had it. One B was, how in the world can you can you study the long term impacts of something that's been uh, not even on the market, and it's been in existence for less than a year? It's impossible. So that's the kind of the secondary thing. And then third, and then this is where things have gone off the rails in my thinking. Not off the rails, but maybe on the rails finally. Third, um, forced masking, lockdowns. Everybody's a police officer now. Uh, everybody's a tattletale. We have police officers arresting moms in parks for playing with their kids. And we just thought that this was going to be a voluntary program. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It's gone to the point now where I, it's, you know, th three years ago, not something that I thought about a whole lot. It's like, okay, I respect Todd's convictions, whatever. Um, you know, don't... don't uh, I don't mean this to be a laissez-faire thing, but you need to have some grace for, for people who believe like he does. To now, I'm like, I don't know if I trust any of these at all. At all. I don't know if I trust anyone regulating these mm -hmm. at all. I might be, I might, I, I'm closer to being anti-vax now than I ever have been. I just, 
That, that's where this has gone off the rails because every single person that you're supposed to trust, every single institution that you're supposed to have some modicum of trust has lied to you and spit in your face at some point in the last two years. Yep. So you don't deserve any, any, any of my trust or even attention whatsoever until you start proving otherwise. And jury's still out, but it's not looking good. Can I say one more thing? Let me add yeah. this, because I forgot to mention one of the concerns I had about the the ignoring of natural immunity was, I, like Aaron pointed out, I had my own bout with COVID. I was on a speaking engagement uh, in South Dakota, got COVID while I was there, crushed me for about 40, 36 hours and then went away. Uh, I came back about a month later. I did an antibody test here at home, still was showing antibodies. That was late May. Right. Right. When they were really aggressively now rolling them out to the general population. So my own experience, having already had covid and natural immunity, and yet I'm being told when I literally just had covid a month ago or a month and a half ago that I have to go get vaccinated for it when I'm still showing antibodies. Something about that just did not smell right, Todd. Oh, because it doesn't. Uh, but I want, I want, you know, one, one thing I do want to say, you know, enable so I can relate. So everybody else can relate to me. I don't think for a second that I didn't like have, I, I checked my math and here's early on right away. Uh, when I figured the math as it applies to this matches up with all my understanding of, of researching, uh, vaccination and disease, uh, in the past, I, Getting COVID uh, in the past, when I used to argue with people, as Aaron said, this is what triggered my memory. And one of the things that they, in their their hate that they would come back with me is herd immunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you you kind of alluded to uh, uh, this as well, Steve. But instantaneously, before we knew about uh, the when the vaccine would come along, it was a hope and a prayer. We know that it was much different than that now. But how long we had to wait? you were instantly shouted out if you talked about the notion of herd immunity by the very same people who tried to beat me over the head with it in the past mm-hmm. on everything else, why mm-hmm. I had to get vaccinated. Now what? There's no such thing. How dare you? How irresponsible. Mm-hmm. It, so that was my moment. Again, it happened very early on when I was checking my math on this, that it was going to be the same BS uh, on this as it was in the past. So those are our stories. Now we want to hear yours. You went through literally a thousand plus replies. You've curated a random sample here of what is um, kind of an amalgamation, fair, yeah, yeah. of of or summation of the of this of the replies that we have gotten. We want to spend the rest of this hour now hearing people's reasons and stories, and then we'll comment accordingly, uh, and then um, conclusively when we get to the end, Aaron. All right. We will begin with IT guy who says my cousin, 61, fit, healthy and happy, died of massive cardiac failure shortly after Moderna. Wife was already vax skeptical, so I did much research, including perusing Reddit posts on vaccine injuries. So many posts uh, regarding all uh, he posted one below just uh, talking about all the possible side effects. Uh, He said around mid 2021, he decided never. So here's a guy, and you know, you could mock him for going to Reddit post. I will tell you it's not Reddit's not a place I've spent a lot of time on over the years. Here's the question though. 
particularly when 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 did he say this tragedy happened to his family in the middle of 21? Yeah, I think so. Where where was he going to go? What tell me what official and approved recognized, dignified, respected sources he could have gone to for information on this midway through 21. Better yet, tell me how many he could go to right now at the end of 22. Now, there's a, at least you have people like the British Medical Journal and others asking some questions, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But to this day, there is not a lot of places that you can go to. Facebook is still where is still the largest social media platform in America. Over 80% of Americans have a Facebook account. Not coincidentally, YouTube gets more traffic and users, but in terms of total market penetration, more Americans have access to a Facebook account than a YouTube account. But if you want to go by the other way, if you want to go by traffic and users and say it's YouTube same standard applies. Which two, Aaron, you know, you have to, you know, put this show out there on these platforms. Of all the social media platforms, which two by far are the most aggressive in censoring anything that goes against the, the Pfizer-Moderna narrative? Who are those? They? Those. Those two. Is that, Todd, do you think that's a coincidence? I do not. Of course it's not. So then where would he go? What would be the official place that he could go to? Yeah, if only there was like a database that people could self-report such things and it would be it would be very transparent and people would know what data is in there. And it would it would be reported by your media because it would be it would be so um, accessible. Oh wait, such a place does exist. Um it's called VAERS. Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. 4,070% increase in miscarriage reports. 31,020% increase in menstrual disorders. 30% increase in fatal heart attacks among young adults reported in that system. Is that being reported on almost any major outlet? Forget, what I'm going to talk about CNN and MSNBC. When you guys all watch Fox, the one place you all trust for news. Fox telling you this? Not to my knowledge. Unless you're watching Tucker Carlson at night and Laura Ingram every now and then. But if you watched actual Fox news coverage, not the per, not personalities in prime time doing the Lord's work, like a Bongino or a Hilton on the weekends or a Tucker Carlson weeknights, you watch their news coverage regularly. Are they telling you this information? No, they, they made their own employees get the poison. Next one, Aaron. Next we go to E.B. Miller, who quote tweets that video of Bill de Blasio eating Shake Shack fries as a way to pimp New York's attempted vaccine mandate for indoor dining. And he says, this is my story. End of story. In other words, you're going to need a better pitch, man. Yep. Is that kind of what we're saying here, do you think? Well, how instantly... Propaganda, a, yeah. propaganda laden mm-hmm. it was like are, are you see a lot of people this is the kind of stuff people don't know and this and, and steve you mentioned why things are so much worse uh 
here in the and one of our guests uh, last week here in the states uh, than any place else. Most places you aren't when we we just get used to. We're watching football, we're watching the movies, and there's a there's commercials about pharmaceuticals all the time. I can't it, listen to a football podcast yeah. right now. That Stephen A. Smith is not doing uh, commercials to go before you know before you gather around this fall for football games go and get your updated booster sponsored by pfizer and BioNTech. Yeah, that, yeah. that's not the norm mm-hmm. across the world and, and here no, in fact in a lot of in well, a lot of european countries it's against the yeah, law yeah. to advertise these yeah. things yeah and here they dialed it up mm-hmm. uh uh to 11 i mean it, it's just it's 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 like you, you know, we were at the high school, the lock-in, and we brought in the guy who uh, puts you to sleep with uh, some magic words. I mean, they were just trying to um, lull us into a trance. Mm-hmm. Something else I got from EB's post as well. We went from, get this if you're at high risk, you know, this could help you, this could keep you out of the hospital. It's Well, actually, no, they were saying it was 99, 100% effective, blah, 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 blah. But they said high risk... This will help you only get this. We went from that to apartheid at lightning speed, like lightning speed. We have a a mayor of a city eating, eating fries in your face saying, hey, you can't do this if you don't get the jab. I think that's part of what he was saying as Mm -hmm. well. You ready to move on? Yeah, let's do another one. TJ Moe says the mortality rate from day one was only high amongst the elderly. Everyone knew this and acknowledged it. I was 30 at the start of the pandemic, couldn't have paid me enough to take that experiment, particularly without a shred of evidence that it worked, and there were no side effects. So TJ's a uh, former college football player that uh, does a lot of stuff over with uh, Jason Whitlock at Fearless. And what he's doing here is a risk-benefit ratio, right? Yeah. I mean, what's the, I mean, this, he's taking us back to the conversations we had a lot in the fall of 2021, when I pointed out we're all taking a risk here. Everyone's taking a risk. You're risking even an asymptomatic exposure to a virus of likely malicious to unknown origin, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Or you're taking the risk of experimental jab technology that has never been mass injected into human beings before. And we have no idea ultimately what it will do to the physiology of the human body. We don't know. No one here is without a risk. So what did he do? He did the math. Hey, I'm in my 30s. I'm healthy. I'm a former athlete. By the way, TJ's still in great shape. We saw him this summer down at the Blaze, right? Came over when we were down there in July. Dude still looks like he'd go out there and play a little bit. He's like, I'll take my chances on, you know, with a with a with with the virus when I look at the data as opposed to these injections, especially because they're going to tell me I have to keep getting them on a reoccurring yeah. basis. And that's not selfish. That's science. Yep. That's why I told you I'll see you and raise you. See, I'll, I'll go back all the way to the spring of 2020. You remember how many times did I tell you to try to just get you to pump the brakes? If you had to pick a pandemic, you would have chosen this one. Because of that statistic right there. Listen, you know what? Old people, God bless them. One of them was my father. I'm pretty sure he died from COVID. I miss him. But you know what old and sick people, which he was both of them, hap- what happens to them? They, they, they do die at a greater clip than anybody else. So this was telling you that this wasn't just going to come like a thief in the night for your children. Can you imagine dealing with that? I can't, and I never in want to. In 2020, the median age of death of COVID in America was essentially the lifespan of yes. the average American. Yes. Yeah. Again, there was hope in that. Take the win. And that's why what your introduction was so... They wouldn't take the win, Steve. Mm-hmm. 
They wouldn't. They hid them from us. Before we move on, uh, a word about our friends over at Tyga Coolers. They're listening right now, nodding their heads, sharing a lot of the same thoughts and sentiments that you do. They're big fans of the Blaze. They're a pro-American company run by Americans that employs actual Americans, parts and products made here in America as well. And they do fantastic coolers that make for great gifts this time of year. If you're looking for corporate gifts, gifts for clients, they can customize things with corporate logos and more on there for you as well. Phenomenal coolers that keep the food and drink cool as well. That's the most important thing you want from a cooler, but why not have it look pretty dope while you're at it? All right. Get 10% off right now at the discount code Steve when you go to tigacoolers.com. T-A-I-G-A for tigacoolers.com using the promo code Steve for 10 10% off at tigacoolers.com. Gingerman uh, editorial says my initial thought was that I wasn't getting it for the reasons I don't get a flu shot. COVID was no big deal for my age and health. Then they started forcing people and it turned into an oh hell no. Yeah, like why would we have to force people to get something that would save them during a pandemic? We knew very early on that this thing was less threatening than the flu to a lot of demographics. What a blessing. And the fact that they started threatening or cajoling almost immediately. Yep. Almost immediately. I'm sure a lot of people's spidey senses were tingling because of that, right? Mm -hmm. We'll come back. More of your stories here in a moment. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show here, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. It's kind of hard to avoid totally not giving your money to people that hate you these days, but thankfully there is one place where you can, and it's with a product we all pretty much have to use these days in modern American society, our mobile phones. You don't have to do that anymore. Go to our friends at Patriot Mobile. You'll pretty much get the same network, same coverage. You get everywhere else because they all use pretty much the same towers, except now you won't be directly funding the people who hate you. They are really America's only American mobile phone company. And right now they're offering you when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, get a third month for free plus a free activation. That might be the best special they've offered since we started partnering with Patriot Mobile here on the show. I uh, get two months, get your third month for free and a free activation. So you've got essentially you know, 90 days to try it out and see if it's not worth your time and your money. And you get access to the best U.S.-based customer service team out there as well. You want to take advantage of this? If you're fed up with woke companies trying to destroy your way of life, uh, just go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Take advantage of this offer. Patriotmobile.com slash Steve or call them at 972-PATRIOT. All right, let's get back to what we're doing this hour. Your story, why you didn't get the jab or why you didn't get it again. Only 10 or 15%, I think it is. I know it's below 15% of American adults are completely jabless. All three of us are among those 15%. What's your story about why you might be or why you might be a part of the larger group that, hey, gave them a shot the first time around, but then got increasingly suspicious and didn't get it again and again and again. Aaron. 
This is from Anne Marie, who says, I'm a scientist and I have done many mRNA transfections on cancer cells in a petri dish to study how manipulating various genes affects the tumor negicity of the cells. Sometimes I see unwanted genetic effects in the cells. No way I was being transfected with an mRNA shot. Well, I... That kind of says it all right there, right? You mean eight mice don't give you peace of mind? That is Jay Bhattacharya's point that he was making yeah. this weekend, which is your skepticism that you noted of the, of the polio vaccine aside. His, his point was Salk had a vaccine that he tested on his own children and got positive results and still had a human trial test of 1.8 million Americans before they introduced it to the general population. Here we're introducing boosters of brand new experimental technology. Again, remember, Moderna had previously tried seven times to bring a product to market and failed. Only one of those mRNA products did even reach the human trial stage. And now all of a sudden with a novel virus, we are told that they were just able to make this happen in six months. It's kind of what she is saying there. And that's Bhattacharya's point. Salk went through a human trial of 1.8 million Americans before this was widely distributed to the public. We're on round, what is it, four, five? I've, I've lost count of boosters. And now the, the test subjects are eight mice, as you pointed out. So there you go. Aaron. Next, we go to Kelly Still. Multinational organizations with interlocking corporate directorships began to act as one. The flags were as red as blood. I love this one. Why? Because Outside of the obvious, but go ahead and tell us. Just the the move the 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 tumbler cosmic tumblers moving into place uh, like this. You know, in in a world as fractured and combative uh as we obviously are and instantly everybody had to get uh on the same page and it was at the directive of people with this level of power and money and this is where all people from all different sides would call bs on you know the man you know it's it's been enron it's in the past it forget it doesn't even have to be big pharma but you know that uh, b- both the left and the right ha- have histories of, you know, when things like this, when the rich and the powerful suddenly are given an opportunity. I mean, this is George Carlin stuff, okay? This is not new to this age. And yet everybody uh, uh, on both sides, that's when I really knew we were screwed. I, was, I remember where I was when I was uh, sitting there uh, on a weekend at the mall. With my family, I've talked about this before. They were uh, trying to go um, shopping for spring um, prom dresses, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching my timeline, watching the news, and I, it was fo- it was Fox News and my timeline full of conservative pundits, and they were all losing their minds, like shut everything down now and shut the balls down. You're crazy because it was showing scenes on TV of people in the mall. And there's one side I'm sitting around by people who just didn't care, but the manipulation. Uh, on the media it was just it was just clear that they were going to move the pieces in a way that smothered you one way or other from feeling like you had any agency hmm. next moving on to you just s- described fascism by the way yeah. yes i did yeah yep 
CL Redacted. I don't trust the government with my health. I still remember the Tuskegee experiment ended in 1972. Manhattan Project, Love Canal, Three Mile Island et al. And I don't trust the mRNA technology. That's enough by itself. Those are some references there. He didn't bring up MK Ultra. That's where yeah. we got LSD from, yeah. if I recall, right? Yeah. So how at this point in time, man, I'm not who am I to sit here and tell you you're nuts. What fickle as opposed to just paying attention. People we are. What was done in the name of science by the Nazis? They, they, yet we still are are just prone to thinking that the white coats are always good intentioned. The experts are always here to help us. When we have recent history, very recent history, which is again why I love this tweet, why that the exact opposite is true. Next, we go to Hasi Badger, who says, Hubs and I both had COVID in uh, July of 2020. Uh, Hubs given one dose of remdesivir, impaired renal function since. We had no intention of getting a jab that was rushed through and then forced. As a nurse in the late 70s and 80s, I remembered how fast the swine flu jab was pulled. Hmm. Just knew something was off. Yeah, this that is something that will be mentioned when Rise of the Fourth Reich mm-hmm. comes out next year. Is the, this is not a reference that I am familiar is, with. Is the, is the pulling of the swine flu vaccine. That will be something that will be referenced a few times in Rise of the Fourth Reich. And what's the, dif- what's the difference here other than, well, now the government is in bed with the companies that are doing the manufacturing. And so everybody has a vested corporatist fascist interest in turning you into chattel. What else would be the difference? And I can't honestly think of one actually and i'm still when i i rem devon severe that that was actually a thing juxtaposed against the fact that they wouldn't let hydroxychloroquine right. or ivermectin be a right. thing it, they took a drug they took it, they repurposed remember, yes they repurposed a drug with a black box warning Remdesivir has a black box warning they repurposed it and then lo and behold when they tried it again, it didn't do a damn thing for COVID, but it did cause renal failure. One of the first places that studied this, by the way, was in our own backyard at the University of Iowa. They did one of the first mass trials of remdesivir. And what did they find? It doesn't work, but it does cause renal failure. It does do that, but it doesn't work. Shocking. So we, we could not repurpose a drug like hydroxychloroquine that since the yeah. 50s had been given to tens of millions of people safely. We could not repurpose a drug called ivermectin that since 2015, when it, won, when it won the Nobel Prize, had been given to millions of people globally and then been repurposed as an animal, as an animal antibiotic or animal treatment, I should say, therapeutic. We couldn't do that. But we could take a drug in remdesivir that has a black box warning and repurpose that. And then we were shocked when it got no results other than the renal failure that it caused. I repeat again, you weren't allowed to take the wins. And that's because the fix was in the whole time. And they didn't you were want any wins. Die. You couldn't take any wins. They no. didn't want any wins. They wouldn't take any ways out. This is, this is the first time in human history, where did notions, superstitions of things like copper plates and rubbing crystals and stuff together? Because people were desperate at times of health calamities to find cures. 
This was the first time in human history that we had to actually get them to try stuff as opposed to get them to try stupid stuff, go too far into fake promises, snake oil, put a, put a, put something into a, to the bin for the church. And if you die in the plague, then at least your loved one gets bought out of, uh, out of purgatory. Those are the things that human institutions have done in the past. This was the first time they said, we're doing nothing. We're doing nothing. And you can't do anything. Except this one drug with a black box warning called Rendemsifir. You can do that. I'm just going to start reading. You jump in when you want to, because okay. I've got several more to get to. Okay. Boring RN says, got it, got the jab in December of 2021, sick with second dose for three days, then menstrual problems that did not go away quickly, and eventually diagnosed with premature menopause in oh my, my 30s. Goodness. Also, trying to force people was a huge red flag, not acknowledging it's still spread. Boosters with poor data promoted. You can keep going. Backwoods Ohm said every time we discussed some horrible drug injury my pharmacology professor would say unless you're actively dying nobody has any business taking any drug that hasn't had 20 years on the market i don't know how many times i heard that but it's stuck <laughs> stephanie says there were too many red flags no long-term data ignoring natural immunity and the demonization of all other treatments i'm a generally healthy person in my 40s so if i got it i knew i would recover from covid just fine and i did with vitamins and hydroxychloroquine Jess Maria says, like Todd, I was aware of the vaccine program's evils in the childhood program, the dangers of attributing magical powers to a vaccine that rewrites a God-given immune system and the hubris that man can do a better job. Also, the CDC didn't just become corrupt, rotten from the start. Pause for a second. So that guy's a committed anti-vaxxer like you. How many within the 1,000 plus replies that you saw would you say were in that group? Out of curiosity. Uh, le less than I anticipated because okay. this was an open invitation to say something you're normally not allowed to say, but less than I thought. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Aaron. Next, we go to Mac, who says, ICU, COVID, and pneumonia for five days, O2 levels in the 70s. Wow. In the first 30 minutes of being there, one of the doctors to see me kept pushing the vax each time she came in. Oh, my gosh. When you're the already cult, sick. Yeah. The cult liked chanting about it, along with your program educating us about it, kept me from taking it. Let me just say, praise God that you got out of there yeah. alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're part of a, a select group who did. Yeah. Rick Morgan says a few reasons, but the one that first came to me is when something that gets pushed that hard, I'm going to avoid it. This all started when they began pushing the flu shot so hard every year. I'm even old enough to remember, guys, when they did. I, it was it seemed like it was back in 20, maybe about a yeah. decade ago. They really started pushing yeah. it. I remember when it was like, I you get it. Don't get it. Whatever. Right. Uh, I don't know what the deal is with that. Unless that was unless we were being groomed. Way back then. Um, moving on. Lisa S. Marie says, I'm 59 years old, immunocompromised. I've had every COVID vaccine and booster available. I avoided contracting COVID for two and a half years. Finally, last month, my son contracted it at school. Our entire family got it. We were all sick with flu-like symptoms. We all survived. Thanks, science. Is that sarcasm? Well, I initially thought that it was but i actually i think it might actually be incredible honesty i did everything i took it all then my kids got it and brought it back and we got it anyways and i think she's like saying i learned my lesson i think okay 
Because if it's sincere that she's thanking science, that's not science. No. They, they, then it's not, what you're describing is not a vaccine. You're describing a therapeutic and there was never any medical justification whatsoever for trying to mandate it. Ever. It's interesting Which, which way. by the way, they're now admitting they knew this all mm-hmm. along while they told you and lied to you that if you took this, you wouldn't get COVID, even though they knew it wasn't an inoculation all along while they were lying about that. I'm yeah. glad you had that. Same reaction as that's really yeah. why I included this one. I want to see if you read it the same way. We'll do a few more in rapid fire here. Let me make sure I tell our audience first, though, about Rough Greens. We are taking so many supplements these days because the food that we eat that is mass produced is stripped of a lot of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients we need. Same thing happens to a lot of the foods that we feed our puppies as well. A lot of the puppy chow is without a lot of the things that your puppy needs. That's where Rough Greens comes in. It is now the supplement for your pet. It's a powder you mix in with your pet's food to put the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, etc. back into its diet. And, and, and you might be wondering, though, uh, what if it doesn't work? What if it's just... You know, I, I, I don't need one more thing that I can't afford. We agree. All right. That's why we want to get you started. We really believe in this product. We think it'll be good for your pet. Our dog Cap's been on it for well over a year. He's over. He's 10 years old. He just got a checkup last week. Perfect health. All right. So this is where you want to get involved with Rough Greens. We'll give you the first 14 day jumpstart bag for free. See if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. You pay for the shipping, though, so that you're invested as well. You've got some skin in the game here. But go to roughgreens.com, R U F F, for roughgreens.com. Take advantage of this deal at roughgreens.com or call them at 833 Rough Dog. Let's go rapid fire for a minute. Dr. Don or Dr. Dan says, I got the Johnson and Johnson jab because it was mandated as a federal employee and I'm the sole provider for my family. Two weeks later, I was in the emergency room. I never had any issues with pulmonary embolism, blood clot in the lung until two weeks after my mandated Johnson and Johnson shot. James Paul says, my jabbed dad had to enter rehab. They coerced him to take booster to avoid 10-day quarantine. He died six weeks later. Oh the funeral gosh. home pulled a 12-inch blood clot from oh him. My, oh, my goodness. Laves says, I got jabbed twice with Moderna back in March and April of 2021. I have high blood pressure, and because I had been jabbed so many times before when in the Navy, I figured, what's well, another jab? Right. While I did not have any adverse effects yet, I still regret having done so. Uh, Tith B says, my son is 29. He was severely vaccinated by the MMR vaccine when he was four. I began researching years ago and was aware of the faulty studies, political motivations, VAERS data. My son was injured. Many that witnessed his hard journey have been saved. He is a hero. So that's someone who has a past experience. Yeah, that led to their suspicion. SD says they lied about 15 days. They lied about kids in schools. They lied about masks. They lied about asymptomatic spread. They lied about early treatment. But we're just supposed to roll up our sleeves and believe them about this. Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. Yeah. Final thoughts. There's, there's, there's plenty more of these, which is good. But I think you get a pretty good cross section. Final thoughts on what we just discussed and what our audience just shared trialsandexecution.com that's a good final response trialsandexecution.com this wasn't an accident no no don't just trip into this they did this to you on purpose Mm. we stick around and do overtime for blaze tv subscribers for the rest of you we will see you tomorrow noon to two eastern right after glenn beck right here on blaze tv until then john 317 this is steve dace 
on the Blaze Radio Network.